you're able, lift up your hands and just worship God. Enter this sweet anointing in this place. Come on, just enter the anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Come on. Come on, just lift your hands. Just, just worship him for a moment. I'm not going to be long. Just, just worship him for a moment, if you will. We worship you, God. King of kings, Lord of lords. There's nobody like you, God. We, we submit ourselves to you. We thank you for a deeper walk. We, we thank you for a greater anointing. We bless your name. We feel your presence. bless your name for the sweet spirit in this place. The anointing that hovers over this house. The anointing that's hovering over the houses that we are connected to. Have your way God. Speak afresh in this place. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Oh bless the name of the Lord. Well Thank you, Jesus. I don't know about you, but I feel the presence of the Lord. I feel the presence of the Lord. I want to close a series out that I've been working on. Um, and I want to close it out today. And um, the fact that you're here right now speaks volumes to each one of you. Uh, because this is a special message that God has dropped in my spirit, and I want to share it with you. Um, I, I might be a little different from the way I normally preach because the Lord has set up this moment just for this right now. If you notice, I've left you in worship and not in praise with an intentionalness which means for those of you who are not spirit sensitive, but you can see what's going on, I want to give this to you so you get this, which means that I've left you in a quiet place. Praise is noisy, loud, the high-sounding symbols, the, the, the scream, the loudness, the volume. Worship is somewhat different. And so right now, I want you to be in that place because I want to talk a little deeper to you. And the fact that you're here means you're ready for the deep conversation. Someone says, it's my first time. Don't go too deep. <laughs> Let's go. This passage scripture in Acts that I've been working on, chapter 16. Real quick. Verse 21 says that, well, verse 20 says they were causing confusion. People were upset with them. Verse 21 says that the people were upset. Verse 22 is where we're going to look real quick. He says the crowd also joined in in the attack against them. And the chief magistrates tore the robes off of them. They ripped off their clothes. 
and ordered that Paul and Silas be beaten with rods. After striking them many times with rods, they threw them into prison, commanded the jailer to guard them securely. He having received such a strict command, threw them into the inner prison dungeon and fastened their feet in stocks in an agonizing position. But about midnight, when Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, the prisoners were listening. Then verse 26, suddenly there was a great earthquake. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. This is the shake-up part four. It's the end of this look at this text. I don't know about you, but I know many people who struggle when they're going through in life. And so all of us at this point in time are going through something. Some people know what you're going through, some don't. Some people know you're struggling, some people don't. Some people know your marriage is not what it should be. The spark is gone out. The flame is gone. Some people know you're having a health crisis. Some people know that you've been diagnosed with something that you've not shared with others. Some people don't know. Some people know you're waiting to get in for an appointment because of an ailment you've been experiencing. And some don't know. Some people know you've lost loved ones, both near and far. Others don't know. Some people know you have been feeling in a rut since the pandemic, now over two years old, and others don't know. Life has a way, like with Paul and Silas, of beating you up without you ever saying a word haven't even give you my name. You haven't asked me who I am, what, 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 what country I'm from, where I'm a citizen of. You don't know anything about me, but you just beat the stupid stuff out of me. And then you had the audacity to put me in jail and in stockades. Metaphorically, that's what life does. There are times in your life when life beats you down. And didn't even give you the courtesy of being able to speak up for yourself. It just gave you the whooping that even your mama didn't. And you're left in a position, in a place, at a time of your life where you are now sitting in the prison of what you are dealing with. Sitting in the prison of the pain of loss of loved ones. Or the fear for the future. You're left there and decisions must be made because you're there. And this is a moment when you have to make a choice. And I want to mess with you a little bit. I want to suggest that you can decide to be fearful or fierce. You can make up your mind. Either you're going to be fearful or you're going to be fierce. You're going to be fearful of what's going on, fearful of how you're going to handle it, fearful if your mind can deal with it, fearful of what the diagnosis is going to be, fearful of going through the therapy, fearful of going through the chemo, fearful of what's going to happen next, fearful or fierce. I want to suggest it's a decision. You know the word, word fierce is 
kind of one of those words that has both a dictionary definition and then it has a definition of the urban dictionary and street colloquialism. People talk about somebody being fierce. They usually refer to them as being menacing. But that's not what the street definition is. That's, a, that's, that's, not, that's not what it, in the, in the street it relates to being somebody out of the box, non-traditional, someone dynamic, passionate, joyful, positive. A fierce person is somebody who's ready to deal with life. Well, that's kind of why I like Beyonce. <laughs> I'm with you, baby. Beyonce, you know, Beyonce says, did an album called I Am Sasha Fierce. A fierce woman. I, I, I don't know. I thought I had a Beyonce somewhere. A fierce woman. She, she's a multifaceted woman who works to empower herself and empower others. She isn't afraid to acknowledge her fear, her doubts, and her insecurity, but she tries so hard to be brave and secure. She wants to be brave and, and co courageous. And each of us needs at some point I don't like the, the alter ego. I don't find those necessary. I just think that there are sometimes we function in our best selves. I don't need to name it. Just our best selves is my way of putting it. But I do understand her claim to the name because what she told Oprah sitting in an interview is that by herself, sometimes when she's about to go on stage, she's afraid, she's nervous. She doesn't know if she can walk in those high heels and stilettos. But by the time she gets into her costume and gets to the stage, she said that's when Sasha Fierce comes out. And I ain't afraid of nothing. And I just thought I would bless somebody with a Beyonce moment in here and tell you that there are times in your life when you've got to say to yourself, I am fierce. Ain't gonna let nothing bother me. Got stuff to deal with, but I'm not gonna crumble under the weight. I got folk talking about me, but they won't crush me. I've got things coming in on me, but it will not destroy me. I'm ready for whatever comes my way. I'm fierce. I know who I am. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and marvelous are the works of my God inside of me. I am fierce. Devil, you're a liar. You're not going to make me scared today. You're not going to make me run away. You're not going to put me in a corner because I'm too fierce. I, uh, I want to give you three things not to be afraid of. Three things not to be afraid of. Based on this text, there are many things not to be afraid of, but I'm just working this text. Three things not to be afraid of. The first thing not to be afraid of, and this is a hard one here. Don't be afraid of doubt. See, I know you want me to say that you shouldn't have doubt. You're human. Don't be afraid of human emotions. And doubt is a part of those emotions, especially when you just got a prognosis or a diagnosis that you did not like. Doubt is one of the things that come in your mind, especially when you're overwhelmed. When my heart is overwhelmed within me, it means that I've got more on me than I can handle. Doubt arises. Can you imagine what it must have been like to have been beaten and then thrown into prison and you didn't do anything wrong? You start doubting your call to ministry? 
You start doubting whether God ever said anything to you. Lord, if, if you're really with me, not just yesterday, the anointing was so great, I was casting out demons, and today I'm in the bottom of a prison cell. Just yesterday, I was walking down the street, and people were trying to hear what I had to say, and today I'm locked up, and they won't let me out. Just yesterday, everything was hidey hidey, and I was in the sunshine. Now I'm in a dark, dank dungeon prison, and I'm stuck like junk, and I have no prospect of getting out. Do you think doubt doesn't arise in your mind just because you've been saved, just because you're a preacher, just because you're a teacher, just because you've been in church your whole life? You don't think doubt arises in your mind when you're standing in front of the doctor or when you're standing in front of the grave. You don't think doubt runs in your mind. Yes, it does, but don't be afraid of it because in your fierceness, you will look at the doubt and acknowledge it and then you will move forward. Yeah, every golfer that stands over a putt to win in any game has doubt and must refocus to be fierce. You must decide not to be afraid of doubt. It cannot, can I be a bit ebonic, a bit street now? I just want to be a bit street, bit ebonic. At some point, you need to be able to say, I ain't scared. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I, I'm gonna dwell on this next one for a little longer. Let me, let me give you number two. Number two is, don't be afraid of the dark. But about midnight, it's dark at midnight. We know it was dark in the cell because the jailer, when he came over to check him, had to ask for somebody to bring him a light. I want to suggest to you that there is a such thing as transformational darkness. transformational darkness. In other words, where God so transcends darkness that it is no longer darkness. Transformational darkness where the darkness itself becomes a part of how God alters me in the midst of how God changes me, how God works in me and through me in the darkness. Ah. What do you do when you are surrounded by the darkness? What do you do when you're surrounded by the darkness. I'm, I'm speaking metaphorically here just so you know it, it, it is. What do you do when you're surrounded by grief? What do you do when you're surrounded by hate? What do you do when you're surrounded by sorrow, by sickness? What do you do when you're surrounded with a heavy heart? Weep because see, metaphorically, the darkness is generally seen as foreboding and scary and depressing. So some of us just go to weeping. Are you gonna weep? What you gonna do? How you handle your darkness speaks volumes about your inner life. 
how you handle bad news says more about your inner life. How you handle the difficulties in life says a lot about what's in a you. You see, some will become unnerved, uneasy, and even unhinged. The darkness is difficult because in truth we are light seekers and we find the light comforting. Whether it is at night or in the day, we are light seekers. We like the light. We, 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 we like the light. I, uh, I, many years ago, I, my office was over here and I had, it, was, it was really dark and I, and I kept saying, I need more light, I need more light. So finally I, I asked him, if you can change the light fixtures, at least give me brighter bulbs. And so one of the, one of the older deacons was kind of frustrated with me. He wasn't in love with me at that time. He grew, I grew on him later on. But he was like, why you keep talking about it's dark in here? I said, only demons and devils like dark corners give me light. <laughs> Some old shallow know exactly what I'm talking about. But you know, in truth, the matter is, some people suffer in the darkness with seasonal affective disorder as a result of the reduction of natural light in the winter. The shifting of the light away can seem like an ominous clouds over their lives. The truth of, of, of that I'm trying to share with you, though, is that it's greater than that. Some people right now are suffering what many use the phrase, the dark night of the soul. It's that painful period when one has to deal with life at its worst. The death of loved ones breakup of marriage, the reinstitution of life, the diagnosis of a life-threatening disease, all call for what St. John of the Cross never quite used the phrase, but it is from his great poem that it comes. The, the, it is, his poem is called The Ascent of Mount Carmel and the Dark Night. And from that phrase comes that word, those words, the dark night of the soul. What it is is that what happens when we're looking for understanding in the absence of meaning, I don't know what's going on right now. I don't know what's happening right now. I can't fix it. I'm used to being in control. And you can't fix death. I don't know what's going on right now. I feel darkness. I can't make myself feel better. I don't know what's going on right now. I feel the heaviness and the weight. And right now, I need something to change. And that's why I'm talking to you right now. Because the dark night of the soul is real. Different points in our lives, we experience it with all the fervor melancholy of a heavy load. But I want to help somebody here. They're in prison. And they're there. And while in prison, they start singing and praying. I want to bless you because see, if you don't get this in your spirit, you'll think now is forever. And the reason people give up when they experience the dark night of the soul is because they think it will go on forever. But I've come to testify, I've come to preach, I've come to embed in your, in your spirit that this too will pass. This is something you're going through. 
I want you to get it. This is something you're going through. You're greater than the darkness. You are greater than the disappointment. You are greater than the discouragement. You're greater than the disaster. You're greater than the disease. And you are greater than anything anybody can put in front of you. This too will pass and the light will shine again. This is what you're dealing with. This is not who you are. The light will come again. You have to let the light radiate into the darkness that even the night becomes light to you. You know, I want to suggest to you, you've got to get your night vision. I had a car one time, had night vision on it. And you can drive down the street, it'd be pitch black. And I did it on Route 2 and Route 11. One time Route 11, it was pitch black. I didn't see nothing in front of me. And I switched the night vision on. I saw four or five deers over here. I want to suggest that that there is divine night vision. Ah. You, you can tell I feel like preaching today. In the darkness, the apostle turned to the light within. in the darkness since they won't turn the light on outside I'm going to turn the light on in since they won't help me with any light over there they won't put a lamp on won't put a, a, a little old fire anywhere I got a light on the inside of me I've been singing about it since I was in grade school when I was a wee bit person going to Sunday school I kept saying this little light of mine I'm going to let it shine well it's time now baby let it shine let it shine let it shine Give me a few more minutes. I, I, I've gone longer than I want to, but I've got so much I want to say. I've got, I got to get a few more things. I, I, I was talking to a chaplain one time, a prison chaplain. Nice person. It's so good to see my, my long-lost daughter in the Lord come home. <laughs> She's a chaplain in the Navy. I'm welcoming her back home today. It, it, I, it was a prison chaplain, so you, you know about what they do in prison, uh, Lieutenant Commander. I, I, here, here was uh, this prison chaplain, I was telling them that you need to teach prisoners how to meditate, how to practice spiritual disciplines. And so the chaplain telling me, said, do you know what goes on in prison? <laughs> prison ain't no place to meditate. Do you, do you really know what happens in prison? I said, yes. And it's because I know what's going on in prison <laughs> that I'm trying to tell you how to help them get a light in the darkness in the prison. What, what Paul and Silas teach us, and this is part of this whole lesson about dealing with the darkness, what Paul and Silas teach us is Kairos moments can be created anywhere. I'm preaching up in here. Kairos moments, and, and that's not an incorrect spelling. Kairos moments can be created anywhere. Let, let me do a little quick one here. Kairos time, that's the Greek. 
Kairos is a time when the conditions are right for, an, for the accomplishment of a crucial action. It's actually referred to as the opportune and decisive moment. That's the definition of Kairos. In the New Testament, and I'm running fast, y'all. In the New Testament, Kairos means the appointed time. Or in the purpose of God, the time when God acts. I told you it's about to be an earthquake. This time now, there are two words for time in the Greek. Two words that ancient Greek had for time, the first being chronos, whereas the latter refers to chronological or sequential time. But kairos signifies a proper or opportune time. Let me help y'all. I'm about to bless somebody's socks off right now. What you got to realize is sometime God will break through the time-space world jump on Kronos to create a Kairos moment. Went over your head. In this sense, listen to me y'all, in this sense while Kronos is quantitative, Kairos is qualitative. Kronos is temporary. But a Kairos moment can be permanent. Yeah, I just, I don't confuse folk. Can I just make this one last thing where I feel like preaching, y'all? I got to preach up in my sanctified soul. This text right here, this text right here, this one right here, this one is the intersection between Kairos moment marked by a Kronos timestamp, it said it happened at midnight. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 know, you, it went over some of y'all head. In other words, a Kairos moment that God stepped in and did something spectacular and miraculous and the ground began to shake and they had to stamp it and say it happened at midnight and somebody's going through midnight right now but God said I got a Kairos moment for your midnight Y'all, I gotta get out of here. Y'all, 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 sit down for one second. I gotta get, I gotta get down. I gotta. You know, y'all just don't know. I just see you. You worrying about darkness, like God can't talk to you because it's dark. Deuteronomy five twenty-two, uh, through verse twenty-four says. These words the Lord spake unto all your assembly in the mount out of the midst of the fire of the cloud and of the thick darkness with a great voice. Verse 23 says, And it came to pass when he heard the voice out of the midst of the darkness. Y'all missed it? See, you thought you were in the dark by yourself. I'm trying to help somebody. I, I hope you're starting to feel it here. First Kings 8 and 12 said, Then spake Solomon, the Lord said, that he would dwell in thick darkness. I don't care how thick your darkness is right now. He's already there. Psalm 18 verse 11 says, He made darkness his secret place. Y'all, you don't even know when to run. Listen. The 139th Psalm says, Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as day, and the darkness and the light are both alike to thee. In other words, it can't get too dark that God won't show up.
I've said enough, y'all. If y'all understand what I've been talking about, look over at somebody and wave at them. Tell them I'm coming out my darkness. I'm coming out my darkness. That God is with you where you are. That God understands what you're going through. That God sees uh, every teardrop you let go. I got good news for somebody. He will. I gotta quit y'all, but he will make a way for you. He will. Yes. Uh, I gotta. Listen, listen, one, one last, one last thing, and I'm, I'm done, I really am. Look at somebody, and just, just look at them before you sit down, before you sit down. Just wave at them, don't, don't say it too loud, I don't want you to spray even when you get your mask on. Because see, you're not going to be afraid of doubt, you're not going to be afraid of, of the darkness, but I've got one last thing to tell you, don't be afraid of your destiny. You, you look at look here when the battle is over you you're coming out of this with your hands up when the battle is over you're coming out with a praise on your lips when the battle is over you're coming out with victory don't you worry about your destiny god's got you in his hands he's already made a way he's already opened the door he's already fixed it I'm out of time, I'm out of time. But I would tell you that those same people that put Paul and Silas in jail had to come back to jail and apologize to them for putting them in jail and release them from their prison. You don't understand what I'm talking about. God said, I'll make a way for you that even your enemies will have to come back and apologize to you. I'll fix it so that you'll come out on the other side with the blessing. Your destiny is in God's hands. One last favor. One last favor. Even if you're at home, do this for me. Would you look at somebody? You don't have to yell at them. Don't, don't touch them or anything. Just tell them, it's going to be all right. I just want to tell you, it ain't over till God says it's over. It ain't over till God says it's done. And when God gets through with you, when God gets through with you, you shall come forth. 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 You shall come forth like your God. The doors of the church open. Maybe there's somebody here today. Thank you, Jesus. Just do me a favor and just give God a thank you for a moment. Just thank him. Just thank him. You shall come forth. You're coming out of the darkness. This is not going to last always. This too will pass. This too will pass. This too will pass. Woo! This too will pass. 
this too will pass. This too will pass. This too will pass. Maybe there's somebody here or someone online who says, I want to be a partner with that church. I want to be a part of the Shiloh family. If you're here, just slip your hand up and one of the ushers will come by and we'll hand you a card and we just look forward to talking to you and it's over. Thank you, Sister Connie. God bless you. Yeah, I feel like preaching today. I I, I got something in my sanctified soul. I just... This too will pass. And you know what? A part of keeping the fire, there's two there's hands up in the sanctuary ushers. A part of keeping the fire and keeping your light lit is keeping hope alive. Just knowing that God's going to work it out. Just knowing God's going to work it out. Ushers. God bless you. They're coming now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're online, you can email me or call me. And you can reach me here at Shiloh, 860-443-6046, extension 110. I want you to know I love you already. I love you. Oh, glory. I really feel like God wanted me to stay that day. I just... I just really felt, I feel glory on this. There will be glory after this. Soon the storm will pass over. Father, we love you. We thank you for this time of word. and We thank you for your anointing. and Thank you for those who are coming to be a part of this fellowship. We ask that you would have your way. Continue to refresh us and speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit, that we might know you even the more. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the sanctuary. <clears throat> first, let me just um, let me just first invite all of the uh, of the April babies. Anybody born in April, would you please stand with us? Stand with us and we wish you happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. May the Lord grant you power every day, every hour. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Today is also uh, Elder Martin's birthday, so we say happy birthday to her today as well. Amen, amen. And then uh, the couples, anybody who's married in April, all the folk that got married in April, April marriages, would y'all stand? Anybody married in April? Oh, Lord, have mercy. Congratulations to y'all. Woo, God bless your heart, amen. I, I done told you, I done told you, Deacon S and Deacon uh, Wilson, uh, the 16th, I believe, was that? Okay, they've been married six zero years. That's triple life for anybody counting. But... <laughs> I only say that to all you younger couples out here, you, you young babies who only have 30 years in. I'm saying it to y'all because don't you think that it's all good? There are ups and downs, highs and lows. And what you do is you keep on loving each other through the good and the bad. And you ask God to give you grace so that you can love each other even some days when you don't even think they're lovable. Amen? I know, I know you got to realize 
Anybody who thinks that somebody sitting next to you has a perfect marriage, you need to talk to them for a few minutes. They'll explain to you they have a working marriage. A marriage where two people work at it. You love each other every day. And for those of you whose spouses are in glory, may God give you strength and continue to bless you and sustain you even in this life. I love each one of you with the love of the Lord. God bless you. Thank God for each one of you being here and thank God for the blessings. I'm so excited about what God is doing. Now, as we get ready to close, I want to ask you to get your offering prepared. Whatever it is, if you have, you can either give online. Of course, there are three ways to give. There's Cash App, there's Givelify, there's Mail, or you can leave it in the back of the church. Let me just tell you this. Any one of those ways work. If you notice, we have not been overly stressing offering. I want to just stress today that we continue to need your support in our capital campaign. So please keep on doing that. We love you and we thank you for your support and your love. We continue to be able to give out every week to those who have needs. Our food pantries is continued to be open. I want to thank God for those saints who are working there so diligently. Each of you, what you do makes a difference in the entire house on both sides of the house. So I want to thank you. Give yourselves a hand clap even now. So let me pray over your giving. Father, we thank you for our giving, our tithes, and our offering. We ask God that you bless us, that we may be a blessing, and continue to walk with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you all with the love of the Lord. We're getting ready to close out. And as we close out today, I want you to go in peace. Let me just ask my, my I said my long lost spiritual daughter, we talked the other day on the phone. She said the prodigal daughter has returned. That, that's a great sign. Lieutenant Commander Camille Williams is back home. Reassigned. Stand up, Lieutenant Commander. She has been reassigned to the Coast Guard. And so she's going to be with us for the next three years. Y'all are going to hear her preach real soon. Lieutenant Commander's back. We're glad to have you home. Welcome home. Amen. She, she's really not a prodigal daughter. She's been working doing the, doing the Navy's bidding, but we're glad to have her back. I love all of you. The love of the Lord keeps Keep on praying for each other. Please pray for dear sister Vicki Jenkins and for their family and the passing of her lovely mother. We continue to pray for sister Teresa and her family, uh, uh, sister Terry and her family and those, the saints there. Her mother has been sick, so we continue to pray for her. She's uh, going through some challenges, so please keep sister Terry in your prayers. Amen. Um, I love all of you. God bless you. I'm going to give you the benediction. Remain seated. Ushers will come by and let you out aisle by aisle, row by row. Thank you so much for being here. I'll see you online Tuesday night for Bible study, Wednesday at 1 o'clock for prayer. Amen? Amen. Thank all of you and thank all of you for your blessings. Man, what a wonderful job you did today. Thank y'all. Gloria, we missed you today. We love you. Take care of yourself. Get home safe. Amen. May God's peace and truth and love be with you. May heaven smile upon you. And Lord, I thank you for my wife and for the blessings upon her health in Jesus' name. And we ask even now, God, that the blessings from Abraham will rest on each one of us as we leave this place. And for your name we pray. Amen. Shalom to you all. Go in peace and the peace of God go with you.